Ladies and gentlemen, greetings and salutations, and welcome to the Murmur Murders Podcast. If you enjoy deep dives or thought-provoking true crime shows, I'm afraid I have some bad news for you, because this ain't it. But if you do enjoy true crime stories told in 30 minutes or less with a dash of humor and well-timed puns, whether you're on your way to work, taking a quick break, or if you have nothing else better to do with your life, then maybe, just maybe, this is the podcast for you. You can find this podcast on all the major platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and many others. Make sure to follow me on social media platforms such as Instagram and Twitter at Murmur Murders. That's M-U-R-M-U-R-M-U-R-D-E-R-S. Hope to hear from you and until next time on the Murmur Murders Podcast. Hi everyone, it's Emily from the Students' Verdict Podcast. We're a new bi-weekly podcast covering true crime cases, some you might not have heard of. So far, we've covered cases such as The Monster of Worcester and The Disappearance of Marlene Oakes. The Student's Verdict is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play and Spreaker. Also, find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube and Facebook. And remember to keep living the dream. Okay, so to start off this episode, I'm really excited and I wanted to talk about how we got our Patreon and our merch store up and running. Did you know that about Boombutt can actually enlarge into the size of a softball? What? Yeah. What? What? A baboon butthole can enlarge into the size of a softball. Why? Why does anybody know this? I don't know that anybody actually does. I just made that up. Did you seriously? Yeah. <laughs> Here I am trying to tell. But you're intrigued, right? You want to learn more. I can't. I don't even want to describe what was going through my head. Like the, the vision that popped into my head when you said that. Do you think the butt cheeks get larger? I think we, I just don't want to even think about that quite honestly. I think we do. Because it's going to take my brain back to what I was picturing, and I don't need to see that in my head ever again. Personally. Did you consult the, the spirits? Did you run a poll? On no. whether they want to know about baboon buttholes? Yes. And, well, Send you made it, it up right anyway. Now. Okay, well, maybe they want to know now. Maybe they're interested. Hmm. Maybe you're just a square. Unlike the size of the baboon butthole. Square pegs, round holes? Yes. No. Whatever. <laughs> can I t- can I tell you about our Patreon and our merch store? You can try. Okay. So we this is the first official announcement, and I'm very excited because we already have a few Patreon donors, and we already had a few purchases on our merch store, which is super exciting. One of the one of the designs is my own. Cause I took the uh just cutesy chatter idea, and I turn it into this like obnoxiously adorable little ghost logo thing. It's, it's cute. really cute. <laughs> it's actually really good on the baby clothes. <laughs> just like it was meant to be. It looks perfect. And then, of course, we have Patreon, and that we set up five tiers for that, which I think is really nice. It gives kind of a wide range of donation levels. Everything from $3 a month to $25 a month, depending on how much you love our weird little faces and voices. Because you can't see our faces. 
Hello. Hey, howdy. How's it going, spirits? You're listening to Drink Drunk. You fucked it up. Ned. You fucked it up. Why? Because I have to say drunk. Why does it have to be that way? Because that's how we've done it for the past, like, Fine. 32 episodes. You salty bitch. Okay. Hi, spirits. You're listening to Drink Drunk. Dead. And we are hosts. I'm Emily. And I'm also Emily. And I'm Joel. And I am also Joel. <laughs> we are multi-personality and tag-teaming here tonight. Although we have never been clinically diagnosed. Mm. I'm not sure there would be one specific diagnosis for us. I think it, <laughs> I think it would be a plethora <laughs> of diagnoses. It would be easier to say what we don't have. Yeah. Oh, hey, I wanted to do a quick shout-out. That was something I wanted to do. I'm all off my game. You threw me off with a ba- baboon butthole. That was my intention. Yeah, I wanted to do Patreon merch and then a quick shout out. <laughs> I wanted to thank some of our earliest supporters, which are like Haley, Chris, and Alex, who still listen to us every week, and they've been supporting us since the very beginning. And I also wanted to shout out some of our new supporters, Anna, Samantha, and Shamila, because I love it. I love seeing that they're listening and they interact with me a lot on Twitter and it's great and it just makes me really happy that they're out there. So thanks, guys. Thank you for being some of our spirits. So what you drinking tonight, baby? I've got some Tennessee Jack and... Is it the honey? Yeah. Ooh, you got the fancy stuff. And mixed it with vanilla Coke. How is that? That sounds like it'd be pretty nice. Delicious. Honey and vanilla. I'd offer to let you try it, but I'm not going to. I don't want that. That would not mix well with what I'm drinking anyway. Good thing, because I wasn't going to anyways. What are you drinking? I am drinking the Dark Horse Rosé tonight. Because it's Where'd you get that from? You bought it for me. (laughs) I appreciate it. And I appreciate you. Oh, how sweet. (laughs) It's so believable with your face like that. Mm -hmm. She's not this nice in person, trust me. Yeah, I know. Everybody on uh, in the Twitter podcast group. Twitter sphere. They're all like, Emily, you're so sweet and you're so supportive. And I'm going, you don't know me that well. <laughs> I'm kind of an asshole. Yeah. Spend a day with her. <laughs> hey, trust me. Shut up. You said it. You love me and you stick around, so. Why? Because look at this face. It's freaking adorable. You cook pretty well. I cook very well. And you give me back rubs a couple times a month. Really? A month? I didn't think it was that often. Yeah. Well, I'm not specifying any you know, defined length of time. Oh, you Sometimes mean if I just scratch your back for like two seconds, yeah, that counts as... Seconds. Oh, cool. Right. I make a, a comment to you or try to start a conversation. You're like, ha-ha, and then you do that little scratch thing. <laughs> I have no idea and what you're you talking about. you go back about. to doing whatever you're doing. Oh, it's probably because nine times out of ten, I have no idea what you said, and that's just my way of going, uh-huh, uh-huh, sure. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's like a nod and a smile. Or you, do you remember on Scrubs what the Todd would do? No. He would just take whatever the last sentence was or the last few words of whatever somebody was saying because he was never listening to them, and he'd repeat it back and then go, five, because he always gave them high fives. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like, bad news, five. Yeah. <laughs> and just like, uh, okay. Sorry, your butthole hurts. Five. <laughs> Sorry, your mom died. Five. <laughs> yeah. 
that yeah. So that's pretty much me when you you're talking to me, and that's why I rub your back. That's yeah. my that's my version of the. No, vibe. I know you don't have to tell me. The Todd taught me quite a bit. Yeah, I did have something else that I wanted to bring up last week, and I forgot about it. It was something that I when I when I was going through and doing your Okinawa episode. I hear the kitty eating in the background. Sorry if you can hear that. He's a, he's a porker. He's a piggy, not a kitty. Mm-hmm. So some Amen. of the things, some of the things that I noticed. Do you remember how I was talking about how I was surprised you didn't talk about the really haunted tunnels and how it was the island that had the famous statue of the soldiers putting up the flag? Uh-huh. Well, that's because I apparently don't know Japanese islands, and that's actually Iwo Jima. I mixed them up. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Japan. Way to go. I fucked that one up. And then, remember how I was asking if samurai were ever on Okinawa? Because I think it's pretty far south of mainland Japan. They are. They were. They are. They were. Some, yeah, there were samurai. I'm sure I said that, didn't I? Y- yeah, you were talking about the samurai ghost. Yeah. But I asked if you checked on the history and you you hadn't, so. Shocker, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> so I did. <laughs> And yes, there were samurai on Okinawa. <laughs> mm-hmm. So those are the two things from that one. See, I didn't need to research it because I already knew it for a fact. Uh huh. Uh huh. You're just so knowledgeable. It's kind of one of just those intuitive pieces of knowledge. Mm. You know? You are pretty sharp like that. I once slept on a book, Osmosis. What book was it, though? Because that's, that's pretty crucial. The book of everything about everything. Oh, so it was the book that I wrote. <laughs> Why don't you? Chill, you're not me? that smart. Relax. <laughs> apparently not. I confused Okinawa and Iwo Jima. And apparently, I also think that biologists don't use the metric system. Right. That was embarrassing. Bet it was. It was. But funny. Let's hope your prospective employer doesn't ever listen to this. I know. They're going to be like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this chick got her master's how? <laughs> The Whose dumbest part is I've, I've written how many scientific proposals, and I write them all in the metric system. I use the metric system all the damn time. It just doesn't occur to me that it is the metric system. I've shifted metric, especially since school. Yeah. It makes sense. I, I'm either or. It's fine. I mean, just lengths. Like, you know, there's six or 12 inches in one foot. What? Well, there's 100 centimeters in one meter. No, that doesn't run. That's not right. No, is it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I had a blonde moment. Centimeter, 100 meter. Yeah. You're right. These breakdowns into tens. It just makes sense. <laughs> Did you know that the um, Richter scale is actually a logarithmic scale? Yeah. So a... A, a earthquake that registers like a five and a register uh, an earthquake that registers as a six on the Richter scale is not one time larger. Mm-hmm. It's ten times larger. Mm-hmm. Emmett came to be a part of our show here. Hi. <laughs> He's purring up a storm yeah. over there. Sorry, not sorry if you hear a happy kitty. Shall I tell you about our spotlight for this week? I mean, I guess so. Okay. If you really want to. So for this week's spotlight, I chose a podcast 
that I've listened to many times and I, I wouldn't say I enjoy this podcast particularly because it's, it's a true crime and true crimes can be pretty dark. And I actually really don't enjoy the darkness of true crime, but I find it very fascinating. And I think that this, uh, this particular podcast brings attention to victims that are often overlooked. So I, for me, that, that that's very important. So this week I chose Beyond the Rainbow, True Crimes of the LGBT podcast, and that's hosted by the amazing CJ. I love CJ. She's a hoot. First airing in August of 2019, she covers cases and stories of crimes committed both by and against members of the LGBTQ community. So she's not just looking at the victims who are LGBT. It's people, the LGBTQ community committing these crimes. So I think that's kind of an interesting perspective on that. Whether it's a transgender person who's been brutalized, a mentally ill person with sexually sadistic traits, or a woman in a physically abusive lesbian relationship, CJ works to shed light on these cases not to highlight the hate, but rather to educate and to show that human kindness goes a long way. Her goal is to be a passionate advocate for the LGBTQ community. Especially, she wants to be a voice for the victims, and she really wants to represent the community in the world of true crime, because, like I said, it's an often overlooked community. And she wants to educate others about the situations that many LGBTQ people face every day. Every story is important, but some of the cases that have touched CJ the most include the corrupted courtroom that convicted and incarcerated Penny Brummer for the death of her ex-girlfriend's closest friend. And she was giving me some details about it, and it sounds like it was almost kind of like a fixed case, a rigged case. Somebody bought out lawyers and stuff. Mm -hmm. The corrective rapes and brutal murders committed against lesbian women in South Africa. I listened to that episode. That was one of the first episodes I listened to, and it was hard. Corrective? Oh, yeah. Corrective rape. Trying to make them straight, you mean? Yep. Basically break them of their lesbianism. Honor killings in Muslim countries, which we've all heard about. It doesn't just occur in Muslim countries, but that's where it primarily originates. And of course, the awful murders of Matthew Shepard and Tina Brandon. So these are some of the things that really stick with her and uh, are a huge part of why she does this show. When she's not researching cases, CJ goes to the Charlie Project website and NAMIS, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's the National Missing and Unidentified Person System. So what she's trying to do is she's trying to match missing, missing people with the John and Jane Doe's. So since she started doing that, she now spotlights missing LGBTQ individuals at the beginning of her episodes in a segment called Missing But Not Forgotten, which she also posts links to in her, in her episode show notes and on her website. Outside of podcasting, CJ first and foremost says that she is a mom to a beautiful 21-year-old daughter. And this is like the first thing she tells everybody. I have the most beautiful 21-year-old daughter. She's so proud of being <laughs> a mom and of her. She's very proud of her daughter. She's also really creative. She enjoys all kinds of hobbies like cooking and crafting and photography. She's a normal everyday person like the rest of us. She has a big love of travel and of animals. And she's just this really incredibly compassionate person. I am so blessed to get to know CJ at all. I love getting to talk to her, and she inspires me with her show. She says that her happy place is either on a beach 
or in an open field near an airport at sunset because she really loves to watch the planes land and take off, which I I think it might kind of do have something to do with her love of travel. Like, I'm sending myself away in those planes. Mm -hmm. She talks about them on her website, and she told me about it in her little, when I asked her for some information for the spotlight, this was, like, one of the big things that she put in there was how much she loves to watch the planes take off and land, which I think is cute and funny. Do you think she goes around her house with her arms spread out like, meow? That would be hysterical. (laughs) CJ, I hope you do that. (laughs) And if you do... Please post videos. Every time <laughs> I she goes into bed, she just... <laughs> <laughs> so you can support CJ and Beyond the Rainbow True Crimes of the LGBT on her website, which is www.beyondtherainbowpodcast.com, where you can also find the links to the Charlie Project featured missing persons. I know she has a Patreon in the works and a merch store in the works, so... The two biggest things right now that you can do to support her are to go and take a look at those missing persons cases, check out her website. That's a big part. And then listen to her show and, and make sure that people know about these things that are, these awful things that are happening and these victims aren't forgotten. So that's our spotlight for this week. It's really cool. You go, CJ. You go, girl. I freaking love CJ. So did you actually find any fun facts for this week? So one of my new favorite shows on TV. No, I'm blanking on what it's called. The, um, it's like airplane disasters or something. Oh yeah, you were watching that earlier this today. This morning, yeah. Um, I think I believe it's on the Smithsonian. That is not on the Sm- Discovery. It's on Smithsonian. Yep. Um, I just find it very interesting the story and then what they do to try to solve it. So there's something kind of related, just a small little fact. The Wright Brothers' first flying journey is shorter than a Boeing 747's airplane wingspan. Wait, the like the the distance, distance that from they tip flew? to tip from of a Boeing 747 is shorter or is is longer than the distance that the Wright Brothers first flew. Oh, but to be fair, a Boeing 747 is a fucking big ass plane. Well, in your first test flights, I mean, right? It, that was just them getting off the ground, which is quite monumental in its own fact. You know, have I ever told you about the battle between Ohio and North Carolina over the Wright brothers? Yeah, because they were born in Ohio, but they flew in North Carolina. And yep, they first flew which in Kitty is Hawk. Stupid, because North. I mean, North Carolina is where they did the work and flew the. You know, well, that's why they're the- born there. Doesn't you know? Ohio is the birthplace of aviation, I think. And North Carolina is a first in flight. North Carolina is first in flight. Yep. I think it's funny. It's just like a silly thing. They just want to monetize it. Shall we remind them of our giveaway going right now? Meh. So there's a giveaway. You guys can check it out. Hopefully by this episode you know what's going on. If not, you are not worthy. No, that's not true. We have new people listening and sending us. true. The answers all the time. So, the giveaway. Listen in, folks. We have a giveaway going on all of August. You can listen to each episode, our regular August episodes. You're lucky because we chose a month where you could enter five times. Mm-hmm. You can enter up to five times, once for each episode. All you have to do is listen the whole way through each one and then answer the trivia question that I 
pinned to the top of Twitter or I post it on Instagram and Facebook. So you just send it to us in a DM and then we will enter you for a chance to win some swag, this awesome set of three classic horror films and a Visa gift card. So take this opportunity to answer the questions and enter our giveaway. Got some pretty good prizes. Also, if you tell me I'm cute, you're going to win automatically. What? (laughs) See, that message won't get to you because it'll come through me since I... Hello, Otto. Since I run all of our social media. So it's going to come to me first and you're never going to hear it. Too bad I will. He found a jingly ball. Mm-hmm. You want to play with my jingly balls after this? We'll see where we're at with time. Mm. So we've had our drinks. Emily's drunk. I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. Now it's time. For the dead. 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 So you've got the story this week, and I have no idea Wait. what you're doing. It's very funny. What? What is this you speak of? You're like the, you are such a dad joke kind of person because it's every time, every single time. What? Was I supposed to do this? It's just like when dad goes, uh, who? What was that? Couldn't hear you. Trying to get you to repeat things over and over. It's such a dad thing to do. Okay. Well, you can fuck off with your mom personality, all right? Because my life is worth living. My life is worth first place. My life is a dad life, and I'm proud of it, bitch. Okay? Yeah, you were definitely ready to be a dad. <laughs> so what's your story this week? Because I have no idea what you did. Honestly, honestly, I'm going to be honest with you right now. I don't even know what I did. Okay. I do, but that was a joke. What show is this? You're so funny. (laughs) It's like, I don't know if I've told, I don't know if I've told the spirits about the gentleman that I have come through at work. Yes, you did. Did I? You told it in, gosh. With the Kleenex? Our first, yes. You told it. It's pretty funny. I was telling my <laughs> pharmacist about that today. Oh, my God. You're going to steal the idea now, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Go use it. I told her, and she's like, oh, my God, that is so corny. <laughs> said, but I love it at the same time. <laughs> so. So. I chose to do the Alaska Triangle. The Alaska Triangle. You thought there was only Bermuda Triangle. Nah, bitch, guess no. what? There's an Alaska Triangle. Because there's the Bermuda Triangle, 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 and my... so what's the... Okay, the one in Massachusetts. Quit. No, there's nothing else. There's mm-hmm. nothing else. Mm-hmm. For the purpose of my purpose, For the purpose there's nothing of my else. Purpose. <laughs> so in any given year, anywhere from 500 to 2,000 people go missing in Alaska. More often than not, the search and rescue missions return nothing. No evidence, no clues, no bodies. Because it's Alaska and there's like 12 people in the whole state. Sorry, Alaska. That's an exaggeration, but not. 13. I know. They're at least double digits. 
12 is a double digit. Okay, they're at least teens. Uh, yeah. Alaska is bound by 33,000 miles of coastline and is home to some of the most brutal environmental conditions. Dense woodlands, hidden caves, a large wildlife population, and the unforgiving climate are oftentimes deemed, deemed the reasoning behind the many disappearances. More than half of the feder- federally designated wild more than half of the federally designated wilderness resides in Alaska, which was something I thought was pretty interesting. Wow, that's pretty impressive. I mean, Alaska is a huge state. But I feel also, this is a thought that just popped into my head, it's probably due in part mostly just so the fact that they could get more money. Due in part mostly? Due in part, but only mostly. Okay. You know, in yeah. part mostly. Mostly of the parts. Like 60% like of the time, I'm always right. Yeah. <laughs> that one confused you, didn't it? What? I just don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> Since 1988, more than 16,000 persons have disappeared in the Alaska Triangle. A missing person rate more than double the national average. Where is the Alaska Triangle in Alaska? Haha. <laughs> Funny you ask, because my next bullet point. Oh, good. (laughs) The area stretches from Anchorage at its southern tip to Genua, Genua, toward the southeast, and then up to Barrow at Alaska's northern coast. Like, you look on a map, it's really, it's not, it's maybe like a fifth of Alaska that it covers. So it's not very big? It's really not that big. I mean, it's big, but it's respectively not that big and how many people are going missing there since 1988 over 16,000 huh well anchorage is the capital isn't it correct or is it Juneau? wait anchorage no. is Juneau even alaska i'm mixing up Juneau so, is in alaska okay i thought so so anchorage has a probably one of the densest populations in Alaska. So it makes sense that the... All of the 13 people in Alaska are in Anchorage. Like, well, I would say that probably 11 out of 13, because there are obviously other settlements. Oh, well, right. Inbreeding whatnot. No. <laughs> I in- suppose with 13 people, that's inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Union City here. <laughs> Like, hey, mom, you looking good today? No. <laughs> in 1972, the area had started to gain attention after U.S. House Majority Leader Hallie Boggs. Hale? H A L E. Hale? I would say that's Hale. H A I L would be Hale. Whatever. Who cares? Just move on. Miss Boggs. A local Alaskan congressman, Nick Begick. I'm going to butcher so many words in this fucking story, <laughs> dude. You don't even know. And and uh, an aide to, to both uh, Russell Brown and their pilot, Don Johns, had all vanished while flying flying from Anchorage to Juneau. Yeah, I was right. Juneau is in Alaska. I couldn't remember. I literally said that as my second bullet point. No. You don't fucking listen. I drink wine. And you don't listen. No, my brain just moves on. You don't even listen when you don't drink wine. You don't care about it. I me. move on. You should too. It's tears. 
real tears were shedding over here. Here's my teeny tiny little itty bitty yeah. violin. The drink drunk dead part stands for my soul. <laughs> I think I'm playing. For over a month, many civilians, 40 aircraft, 40 military aircraft, and dozens of boats scoured over 32,000 square miles to no avail. There was no trace of wreckage or even a single body was found. With these strange happenings bringing more attention to the public eye, many more reports started coming in with many more planes, hikers, tourists, and local residents seeming to vanish into thin air. Now, many people will say that these disappearances are due to harsh natural environments, Mm -hmm. but that's boring. (laughs) So I have assembled some of the more realistic and interesting theories. The ones that make more sense. Right. Many people support the idea of strong energy vortexes within the triangle. This is the reasonable part. Their swirling centers of energy concentrated in specific places where the energy is more intense. They are thought to affect people in many physical, mental, and emotional ways. There's two kinds. Positive vortexes, which spiral upward in a clockwise motion, creating an enhancing flow. The positive vortexes are said to be healing, conducive to medication, meditation, creativity, and (laughs) self-exploration. Some Mm, even... (laughs) Self-exploration. Especially when there's only 13 in it. Yeah, right? (laughs) You gotta learn how to be happy with yourself. (laughs) Some some people even actively search for these areas to feel inspired and be recharged. It is thought that the Egyptian pyramids... Stonehenge, the Sedona Desert, and sacred temples and cathedrals throughout the world also are spots of these positive vortexes. That's not, I mean, it's not uh, uh, entirely unreasonable. They know that there are fluctuations in magnetic fields and energy flow within the, it's just... It's different all over the world. So right. it makes sense that in some places, just like earthquakes, where you have more pressure in some points than in others, that you might have something like that when it comes to energy. Especially in an area like Alaska, which is more susceptible, I guess, to something like that because of the Earth's poles. Yeah, I could see that. You know? So there's also negative vortexes, which spiral downward in a counterclockwise motion. It is thought here that this creates a draining or depleting of energy. When a human is in its vicinity, they're believed to cause health issues like depression, nightmares, disorientation, confusion, and visual and audio hallucinations. They cause electrical instruments to malfunction. Uh, Some places thought to be filled with these vortexes are the Bermuda Triangle, the Japanese Devil Sea, and Easter Island. Oh, cool. I didn't know Easter Island was one of them. Yeah. Easter Island's history is fucked up. Very brutal. Yeah, man. Here's where the uh, mispronunciation. Pronunciation. Right? Right? This is where it starts. (laughs) Oh, this is where it starts. That's where it started. The Tlingit... (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Tlingit, T-L-I-N-G-I-T. 
Tlingit. And Simshian peoples are indigenous inhabitants of the Pacific Northwest coast of the United States and southeastern Alaska. Within their lore exists a creature called Kushtaka, or Kushtaka, Mm. which roughly translates to land otter people. I love it already. Now you understand what I was telling you that little bit before? So you already forgot about me. Oh, yeah, I did. Whatever. Yeah, I 100%. I have no idea what you're talking about. You don't ever pay attention to me. You said something about otters earlier this morning. And I just kept thinking of otter jokes. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you otter listen to this episode. Of course. The Kushtaka are mythical and maniacal tricksters who try to lure humans away from their homes in order to, most of the time, turn them into Kushtaka. In Tlingit lore, they do this to prevent a person from achieving reincarnation and everlasting life. Other times, they simply tear their victims to shreds. Ew. Because you gotta eat, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you're in Alaska. There's like a shit ton of wildlife up there. Maybe they don't want to put the effort into catching a bear. They're like, humans are stupid. Right. It's easy. But they got to be careful, man. They're going to go through 13 people real fast. You got to pace yourself. Let them breed and then... Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they often imitate the cries of a baby, screams of a woman, or they shape shift into a victim's relatives to lure someone and take them back to their den. This sounds so much like the story that I'm covering next week. It's not the same thing, but these these creatures, man. I think the uh, Sasquatch are said to do some pretty similar things, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mimicking. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a big way of luring us humans because we're like, oh, babies, we gotta go save them. Mm-hmm. There is a Tlingit folktale called The Land Otter's Captive, which uh, what I pulled was recorded from John Swanton of the Bureau of American Ethnology. Several persons once went out from Sitka together when their canoe upset and all were drowned except for a man of the name, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce this, it begins with a K. (laughs) That bad, huh? Yeah. There's umlauts and dashes and all types of capitals and large, I don't, we'll leave it at that. A canoe came to this man and he thought that it contained his friends, but they were really land otters. They started southward with him and kept going farther and farther until they had passed clear round the Queen Charlotte Islands. At every place where they stopped, they took in a female land otter. At this time, they kept a mat. All this time, they kept a mat made out of the broad part of a piece of kelp over the man they had captured until at length they arrived at a place they called Rainy Village. Rainy Village? Rainy Village. At this place, the man met an aunt who had been drowned years before and had become the wife of two land otters. She was dressed in a groundhog robe. Then she said to him, Your aunt's husband will save you. You must come to see me this evening. When he came, his aunt said, I can't leave these people, for I have learned to think a great deal of them. 
Afterward, his aunt's husband start, started back with him. They did not camp until midnight. Their canoe was a skate, and as soon as they came ashore, they would turn it over on top of him so that, no matter how hard he tried to get out, he could not. In making the passage across to Cape Omani, they worked very hard, and shortly after they landed, they heard the raven. They could go only a short distance for food. When they first started back, the woman had said to her husbands, Don't leave him where he can be captured again. Take him to a good place. So they left him close to Sitka. Then he walked around in the neighborhood of the town and made the people suffer so much every night that they could not sleep and determined to capture him. <laughs> they fixed a rope in such a way as to ensnare him, but at first they were unsuccessful. Finally, they placed dog bones in the rope so that they would stick into his hands, dog bones being the greatest enemies of the land otters. This is weird. And that's be like the dogs in a, in a couple of the, the stories that I'd read, the, the dogs were like their, literally their greatest enemy because I mean, dogs gonna hunt them. Um, it's gonna, it's gonna make the human or whatever aware of this otter's presence before mm -hmm. you would see them or smell them, whatever. Late that night, the ant, the land otter man tore his hands. So with these bones that he sat down and began to scream. And while he was doing this, they got the rope around him and captured him. When they got him home, he was at first very wild, but they restored his reason by cutting his head with dog bones. He was probably not so far gone as most victims. Then they learned what happened to him. After this time, however, he would always eat his meat and fish raw. Once, when he was among the halibut fishers, they wanted very much to have him eat some cooked halibut. He was a good halibut fisher, probably having learned the art from the land otters, though he did not say so. For a long time, the man, the man refused to take any, but at last consented, and the food killed him. It's an interesting story. Very interesting. There so was another story, which I don't have written down here, but I read and I remember most of it. It was um, an account of a guy who had went out uh, he was a, a um, not a gold hunter. He was looking for gold. He's uh, a prospector. Sure, if that's what you want to call it. And he had set out into the wilderness of Alaska. Him and his dog, and um, they were going out. And there was one night where the weather was real bad, and so he had to hunker down. Whatever. And his dog had started barking, and then his dog suddenly vanished. He went out running after something, but he couldn't find his dog again. And then the weather had suddenly cleared up, and he saw off in the distance these kind of rat-like things, which were coming towards him, running towards, towards him, and he could hear their screams and the sound that they made as they were running through the wind. And... And so, of course, he booked it, and then he could say he, he, he felt the hot breath on his neck, and they were they were right behind him the whole way, but he didn't, you know, he just kept running, kept running, didn't turn back. And, Ew. Yeah. The hearing the screams, that's the, that's the point where my face just goes, Ugh. Right. I don't like that. Like, you've already given up at that point. So, these are, like, were otters? 
Huh? They're were otters instead of like werewolves. They're people that turn into otters. Well, not necessarily. I mean, it's it's the land otters, but I mean they they look for people to turn into them because that's their their curse. I guess they turn people into into them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't I don't know where it started, but you know what came first, the chicken or the egg? It's a really, really interesting story. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. But that's a lot of local lore in Alaska is that, you know, it's these land otters that, that are making that all, cause the all these people to go dis yeah. And there was a couple stories to give to give the Kushtaka some credit. They have saved a couple people. You know, the damsel in distress who they pull out of a frozen tundra. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, they're there to be malevolent. Just be kind of furry little buttholes that come in and steal people away. Furry little big old gape baboon buttholes. No. No, it's true, though. You know, you can't avoid it. The baboon butthole? Yeah. Yeah, not when it has a baseball in it. Right. So whether or not you think that all these missing people were caused by... Nature freezing to death or getting eaten by a bear or not. We now know that it is true that these land otters do exist and they account for at least 98.7%. Oh, you went a little high. I was thinking 98.5. Okay, but you didn't research it. So you really can't come up with a valid number. Not valid, but you know. Educated hypotheses. Uh, considering I picked 98.5 and you said 98.7, I'd say that's pretty but well But you educated. picked 98.5 after I picked nope, 98.7. it was already in my head. You no, don't know. We don't believe you. Well, thank you for that story. You're welcome. About the, what was it? The Alaska Triangle. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, at least from what I could find, it wasn't really named anything other than the Alaska Triangle. What's the one in Massachusetts? It starts with a B, doesn't it? You covered it when we talked about Haunted Woods, I think. I called it the kidney bean, because I heard it on Two Girls, One Ghost that way. Oh. Oh, well. So we have a few triangles all over the world. I wonder where else there are some. Now that's really kind of piqued my curiosity. Right. About how many are there. Bermuda's the most widely known, and then there's the dragon or devil's triangle off of Japan, which is, I think, probably the next most widely known. But, like, who zones these areas, you know? Why not a circle? Why not a square? Why not a hexagon? Why a triangle? Does it stay within those bounds? What happens if it goes outside? Maybe there's power in the shape of a triangle. Think about the Egyptian pyramids. and Obviously not triangles per se, but but they're made up of triangles. Are they, though? Because there's also a square. Okay, but they're still made up of triangles. Maybe there's power in a triangle. Well, thank you for that story. Shall we tell them about our usual closing stuff? Nah. So here are our reminders. I said nah. The giveaway going. (laughs) You don't don't care about my opinion. Yeah, you're just going to keep talking over me anyway. Right. We've got the giveaway going. Stop. (laughs) So don't forget to answer the question. We have our new Patreon and merch... Where's the question going to be posted? 
It's posted on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Oh, shit. What's our handle? What's our podcast called again? You're funny. Drink Drunk Dead. There you go. We're going to have our Patreon and merch sites up. Um, I'll post the links for those on our, again, on our social medias. I'll put them in our show notes so you can check us out. Go check out some of our fun merch. And if you want to support us on Patreon, that would be immensely appreciated. You'll get a shout out in our upcoming monthly Spirit Encounters episode. If you don't have a Patreon, make a funny name so that Emily's forced to say it on air. What? Make a funny name on Patreon. If they don't have a Patreon, make a funny name on Patreon? Yes. Oh, you mean if they don't already have an account? Yes. Okay. I was wondering where you were going with that. That's exactly what I said. If you no. don't have a Patreon, make one with a funny name. I was not picking up what you were putting down. Now I lost my train of thought. I got my flu shot today. Go get your flu shots. Yes, go get your flu shots. So donating on Patreon is immensely helpful to us because that's going to help us Patreon in particular, but merch also will help us uh, fund our hosting website, which we pay for out of our own pockets, or I should say I pay for out of my own pocket. So uh, your support is greatly appreciated. Don't forget, you can send us your personal encounters if you'd like to have them read on the show. That's at drink. Drunk. Dead. Podcast. At. Yahoo. (laughs) Gmail. Dot. Mm-hmm. You can also send us uh, suggestions for episode ideas. Just have a, a little chit-chat. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Don't forget to rate and review us. Only if you're thinking about how amazing we are. Mm-hmm. Right. Otherwise, Get out of here with those negative eyes. Right. Otherwise, keep that negative attitude to yourself. And don't forget to tell your homies because that's a big thing. Tell your friends. That helps get the word out there. And thank you for listening, spirits. Danke. Shall we? Raise a toast. To our ghosts. Ghosts.